0: The Barroom Network presents two fired up Bears fans. They are ready to rumble on
1: the Bear Debate.
2: This is david kaplan from the cap j hood show on espn 1000 and nbc sports chicago now get ready to listen and watch the bulls 101 with chris and laro take that sparkles What's up Bulls fans, Chris Amundsen and Larry Golden with Bulls 101 here after the Philadelphia Bulls game tonight, which was a disappointing loss to say the least, but um, we're in the midst of a stretch right now that's going to be pretty tough all of November with lots of different playoff teams, but uh, we've got we've got two really special guests tonight that I'm really excited to finally have on the show, Uh, but before we, we introduce them, I just wanted to see how you're doing Larry. Uh, how's, how was it to watch that game? And, and, you know, I, I, I feel like, I feel like my emotions are higher and lower than yours. You're, you're kind of the steady, steady anchor here. So how are you feeling after that game?
1: Um, well, uh, obviously I can't be too good, but honestly, (laughs) uh, honestly the defense is to me, uh, less is, is the lesser of the problem. The, uh, I guess if you look at the, the the team coming into the year, right, you would say I think the offense is going to be elite and the defense we will just have to see where it's at. But it's been, like, totally opposite. Um, the defense has been pretty damn good, honestly. And um, got to get better at contestant threes and rotating, um, doing those things more consistently. But um, offensively is where I think they have to get better. Um, so honestly, we're six and three. Can't really get two down, but uh, you would like to see some improvement on the offensive end.
2: Yeah, for sure. As everyone expected, obviously, elite defensive team <laughs> and middling uh, middling offensive team. So t- we want to welcome in our two guests tonight. They are the co-hosts of Cash Considerations, which is one of my absolute favorite, not only the name of the podcast and-, and the reason why it came about is always just dear to my heart. But um, just a great podcast in general. So first I want to welcome on Jason Pat. He is editor at Clutch Points app, contributor at uh, Bloggable, our favorite blogging site from SB Nation for the Bulls, Forbes, and uh, the first half, one, one of the halves, I'm not sure, if it's the first or second half of cash Consideration. So Jason Pat, welcome on to the show, buddy. How you doing? Thanks for joining us this late
0: i'm doing all right uh obviously a little bummed out about the outcome tonight but thank you for having me and so we've been trying to make this happen and we get we had you guys on a while ago And we've been trying to return the favor by coming on your show it's so ex- exciting to make this make it finally happen uh, unfortunately obviously uh the circumstances not the best with another loss of the sixers tonight
2: yeah absolutely and then adding the other half to of uh, cash considerations, Ricky O'Donnell. You guys know him. Uh, he works for SB Nation and is, you know, one of the most prominent voices in Bulls Twitter. And famously, I think, got John Paxson to fire himself.
3: So, Ricky O'Donnell, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? I can't take credit for that. It was, it was everyone. It was a group effort. Team effort. I, you know, I got a little bit of a platform, so I used it to the best of my abilities, to tell John Paxson he sucks and he should quit. (laughs) And because of that, we have a pretty fun team this year. But for the first time this season, the Bulls have hit some adversity. So I feel like uh, it's fitting timing for us being on the show because Jason and I, since we've been podcasting about the Bulls, all we do is complain about them. We've never (laughs) had – we've had like two happy podcast episodes in four years. So uh, it feels fitting to come on your podcast after back-to-back losses.
2: That, that's what I was saying. I said, it's it so nice of the bulls to give a fitting tribute to cash considerations, you know, humble beginnings uh, and have us be able to, to complain about the bulls a little bit. Hopefully we don't have to do too much complaining, but there are definitely, as you mentioned, Ricky, uh, we've hit some adversity in there. And when you do hit adversity, the, the glaring weaknesses become more glaring and the strengths, you know, sometimes get, get mitigated a little bit. So we're, we're happy to get into, get into it with you guys tonight, but, um just wanted to get your your thoughts I, I know you said it was kind of a disappointing loss but I want to start Laro with you about I mean the the Sixers were missing I think I tweeted out 88 million dollars I wanted to see like how much of their of their 144 million dollar <laughs> roster were they missing tonight and it was more than half uh in actual money but the Sixers have been number 1 in offense all season and uh, if freaking Korkmaz continues on like he is, I think he's going to be a top MVP candidate going <laughs> forward.
1: But uh, how do you? What do you? What do you think about this Sixer squad, Larry? Um, obviously they're missing some big, big names. You know, uh, I won't say the one Australian guy, but, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> But they're 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 um. I think one of the things that uh coming into the to both these games that we may, maybe just me. Uh, i kind of i don't know took for granted is like that team has been together for the most part for a while so you know it's not too many different things that doc has to work through like these they they've been through a battle in playoffs multiple times and a lot of these guys know what 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 they need to do um they know how to play around uh, joel they know how to play off of him joel know knows where's knows where to find guys and um i think that is something that you can't really uh Forget about or take for granted. I think that goes a long way when you have the chemistry and you know uh, how to play with each other. And I think we're seeing that with the Bulls, where we say, oh man, we got three absolute studs on the offensive side of the ball. But I mean, they're still learning how to play with each other. Uh, so that it's going to take a while. But in terms of the Sixers, I, I, I think, man, if they get back to, you know, if they get back some of these guys that they're missing, man, um, that's a tough team. I think they're going to be a, a very tough team. But Corkmaz. I mean, come on. I mean, I mean, what was that one three hit over? What was it? Caruso with his hand right in his face. He just, just pulled just it throwing up junk, man. Just, I mean, just I feel sweating. like it's been that way every team we played though. Like I feel like every team we, we come across, like they just shoot lights out. And, and it's just, I it's don't like know, man.
2: The the JJ Barea all-stars <laughs> yeah. you know, against the Bulls. <laughs> like You guys remember those, that heyday of JJ Barea. Every time we placed JJ bray he just he played like Bulls
1: an killer <laughs> I mean Bulls wasn't killer. Matisse in the first game Matisse was knocking down three balls if I remember yeah, I mean, right. the so first like,
0: game he had one. Isaiah Joe hit one in that first game obviously George Sniang <laughs> had whatever he did in that first game and then he George Sniang had the the one at the end of the shot clock in this game tonight where he just threw it up and he didn't even have a good game today but like yeah uh, he, the one at the end of the clock where he just like there was that little stretch there where – Seth Curry had that and one where he literally just like was on his like knees, threw the ball up and went in. <laughs> Niang, like a That's few seconds later, chucks a shot at the end of the shot clock goes in. It's just like, oh my God. I mean, they, just the shooting, obviously, just, yeah. like, I feel like a yeah. clear difference between these two teams right now. Their shooting depth when they have Korkmaz hitting seven threes. Uh, Niang has been huge off the bench for them. And the Bulls just don't have much shooting right now with Zach struggling for three with Vooch being awful uh what were they like seven to twenty eight seven to twenty nine tonight i think and the other night they only hit six i mean and they're the uh in terms of attempts and makes they're last in the league and it's definitely a problem for them right now and that's why the six is a bit they're, they're, you said top offense in the nba because they got guys just making it rain seth is shooting like over 60 percent this year cork maz yang these guys have been awesome so they're missing guys but all their role guys just hitting huge shots and like down the stretch, one, Cortez, Yang, and then obviously Embiid did a couple threes too. It's like just hitting daggers.
2: Just good Brutal. night, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to ask you, Ricky, about about that continuity. The the Sixers have it, and even though they were down like a third of their, their roster today, they've got guys that have been there that have that have been in the trenches with those guys. Our team, only three guys from last year's you know starting night roster are even on the, the roster now. And Patrick Williams is obviously out for the season. And Kobe isn't even out yet. So it's basically Zach and like 13 new guys. So uh, do you think that continuity is, is affecting us on, uh, on, on both ends?
3: I think it's possible. Yeah, I would say that like uh, you could look at all the possessions that end in Caruso or Lonzo picking rolls or isolations that just don't end up going anywhere. Like, if redistributing those possessions to DeRozan or to Zach or to do something else, uh, I think, like, could you point to the lack of continuity for that? Perhaps. I think for sure. Uh, More than anything, I feel like Vucevic is such a critical piece to their offensive flow. Like, at the start of the season, I remember Donovan saying, like, we run a lot of two-man actions with either Zach and Vuce or Damar and Vuce, and it just seems like, Uh, When he's in the game, he's getting so many touches. Uh, He's doing a lot of dribble handoffs. His usage rate isn't too high, but you saw today, I think he took like 16 field goal attempts. He's been getting up a lot of shots. So having him struggle so much, I just feel like uh, he's such a critical piece to what they want to do offensively. And he's penciled in to be a high volume scorer for them. And so when he's struggling as much as he is, I think, you know, it was a 45 true shooting percentage coming into tonight, uh, that really that really knocks you down. Now, I do think that coming into this game, the Bulls were, what, like ninth in offensive efficiency? Is that right? Hey, they're
0: still 10th right so now, even after tonight's done. Their free throws <laughs> so,
3: are huge. Yeah. In the last couple games, it's uh, it's been poor offense, I think, more than anything else. There is still a lot to like defensively, I think. But tonight, man, you yeah. just ran into a superstar. Like, the Bulls got some good players, right? They got three all-stars. What they don't have is a superstar. And Joel Embiid's a superstar. And you could see on that last dagger three he hit. I mean, the game might have been over before he even hit that shot. But that's a seven-foot-two dude skipping back into a step-back three to ice the game like that. He had a few of them today. Embiid was awesome in this game. And, you know, sometimes you just got to tip your cap to him. The Bulls got a lot of problems that are ailing them. But uh, Embiid was the best player on the floor tonight. And it was a true superstar performance from him, I thought.
1: Well, you know, I'm looking at some of the stats here as well. And one of the things that is jumping out at me is the bench points. And you're looking at 27 from the Bulls and the Sixers got 40. Uh, And obviously, you know, Furkan helped that out. But like some of the things that like worry me um, is the bench when when you when you look at it. Right. Um, You know, you take this game out of it, out of the equation because of Furkan. Uh, but, um, like, I just worry, like when it is Kobe, I wonder how this, this bench will look when Kobe gets back, because I think, you know, I looked at some of the lineups and DeMar's out there carrying the load, but like, you know, you, you drive and you kick to, you know, DJJ for three, like, I like there's just, there's just, I just feel like there aren't a, a lot of, um, guys on the bench that can just get a bucket other than like when DeMar's out there with the guys. Um, and I think I hope that when Kobe comes back like that, that'll change a bit because I do feel like getting having some more scoring off that bench would help this team some more. Um, but how do you guys feel about that situation?
3: Yeah, I mean, dead last in three point attempts per game. Mm-hmm. Three point rate, I assume they're dead last as well. Uh, the one thing Kobe can do is get up shots. Right. Yeah. Right? So I think he's going to be stepping into a great position with the team. The one thing I worry about is just that injury is tough to come back from, right? He's going to have to be playing himself into shape for the first month. What is he going to look like right when he comes back on the court? But I think he fits pretty well next to all their other guards, right? Like – uh, I think he fits well next to Lonzo and Caruso. I think he fits well next to Io. Just having someone with a quick trigger from three for a team that really struggles to get up shots from distance. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be a big boost to them. It will be interesting to see what Donovan does with the rotation when he comes back. Like, whose yeah. playing time is really getting cut? How much less Io are we going to see? I think in in some ways, Io has been he's been pretty good as a as an energy guy off the bench. But maybe you need more skill in that spot so i'm excited for kobe to come back it seems like uh they finally put him in a position to succeed last year it really felt like he was set up to fail yeah this year it feels like he's set up to succeed so kobe third year bro you were the number seven pick in the draft like let's see it this year i'm really excited for him but uh you know it's a tough injury too
0: yeah I mean he's gonna have yeah, like one job. Literally Kobe come in and just chuck threes. That's like all I want him to do. Like obviously he can do a little other stuff, but like with the fact that they're just shooting so few threes, like he's just gotta get him up because I think they're I think like they're passing up some good looks from three as well. Yeah, they're taking whatever 20, I think they're at 26 a game. I was just looking at it's just not enough uh in this NBA. Like I don't need him shooting 43s a game, but get me around 30. Their the the rate that la- the, their percentage makes have not been good the last couple of games, but they're still I think at like 35, 36. So like if you at least get up a few more, Kobe will definitely help there. Just is the bench like it is it is weird though because like DJJ and like Bradley have been like I feel like they've sparked runs, but they just they just like they just don't have the offensive juice like like you said like when you have Damar playing with yeah, Caruso, I O Bradley like DJJ just like. <laughs> you can't, you, he kicks out like no one. You don't trust any of those guys to make a shot. And, like I, like I've as like an Illinois guy, I love Io. and like he the awesome Celtics game. He's come back down to earth the last couple nights. I think he was what one of five, one of six tonight. Missed a three or two. You just can't rely on his offense. So I, I, I also agree just that like, and I even said it going back to like the Knicks game. It's like when they when they were struggling most of that game. Like just the Knicks have. Derrick Rose and like all these guys off the bench who can just get up shots, who can score, and the Bulls just like have just don't really have much of that there. Yeah. So I think Kobe will definitely be huge there. Hope you don't lose the defense, because obviously that that group is good like energy defense wise, and they use yeah. that to turn defense into offense. But I think they could also be great if at least if Kobe at least plays passable defense, if they can force turnovers, hit Kobe for open transition threes, like that could definitely just hopefully be a huge boost for their offense. It is crazy, like Ricky you said that that they're still like a top 10 offense. It just feels like they've been so <laughs> much worse. Uh, I know, like I said, I mentioned the free throws. They're shooting like 86% on free throws this year. And they've, they're like free throw rate is pretty high. So like Demar has been awesome there and just yeah. and awesome in general. It just, it just definitely feels like the three point shooting is a huge problem. The offense has been, been bad and they're still like top 10. So like, it's just been kind of weird. They've been kind of a weird team so far. Even another uh, they're 6-3. Three-point three
3: percentage, they're fourth in the league. Right. I think yeah, it was 36%. I think. Yeah. So, uh, to me, it, just,
2: yeah, it feels like they're just leaving all this low-hanging fruit there, right? Like, yeah. you got to... And we talked about this, think, a little bit before the show, but, and you guys both mentioned this, the distribution or, like, Lonzo and Caruso having open threes, and then instead of taking that three... They kind of record scratch and then try and drive and make something out of it, and they're just not generating as good looks. Lonzo had a, a three on the wing tonight that was wide open. He pump faked, he drove towards the rim, and then he hit D J J in in the on the on the on the other corner for a three. It's like you traded an open three from a forty percent shooter to an open three for Derrick Jones Jr., who's like twenty nine <laughs> yeah. or whatever it is from three. So it's around there, yeah. they they have they they're and they're. A lot of those possessions end in DeMar standing in the corner doing nothing. Like if DeMar's on the floor and the ball is not in his hands to create and get the defense in rotation, what are you doing? Like he's he's gotta be the start to your offense because he has been he has been absolute money all year long with the ball in his hands. Very low turnovers. He gets the free throw line, he kicks out the shooters. But as you guys mentioned, if your shooters are the ones kicking out, who are you kicking out to? <laughs> yeah. You're kicking out to guys who are not right. shooters. So put the ball in DeMar's hand in my opinion, who isn't a shooter and kick out to Lonzo, kick out to Crusoe, kick out to Zach. I I think that's low hanging fruit.
0: Yeah. Especially with Zach struggling with the hand as well. I mean, Zach, Zach is like putting up like pretty good numbers, but, uh, he, he's still just, I feel like just doesn't look like himself. Obviously he's not shooting as well, but I think he's taking, he's for, I think he's like forcing up some shots for sure. Yeah. Uh, like I said, he's still like, his numbers are still pretty dang good, but I was just looking at some on off stuff. And I know obviously early season caveats bulls offensive rating with Zach right now is 104 in his like 300 plus minutes. That's awful. Like he's usually like raises their offense and he's not doing that, even though his numbers are, are pretty good. But I think some of that is just like, he just like, hasn't like, it hasn't been great. Like in the flow of the offense, he's a lot of, it's just like he'll drive and his like just natural ability. He can score. But they're just like the team is just like not playing well with him and he's not raising the level of the team. Because so I think I don't want to hate on him too much because the thumb is clearly bothering him. His shooting his three-point shooting is down. Uh so I think it could be nice to maybe take some of that burden off him and just have him spot up. And maybe that could help that percentage a bit.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You wonder like Drosen's not gonna average 27 a game this year. Right? He's like and he's like 50% shooting right now. Like, like to, he's to gonna this come point. Down. To- <laughs> The reason they're 6-3 and is because they've played some weak teams, and DeRozan's been playing totally out of his mind. Uh, I think the worry is, like, what happens when DeRozan starts to regress a little bit? Like, if he's not shooting... I guess he's, like, even right now, a tick below 60% true shooting. I know true shooting in general for the league is down, but, like... uh, So he's not, like, insanely unsustainable, but he's just been so good so far. So uh, they're going to need to... Switch up their offense a little more. I totally agree. I think that uh, DeRozan's playmaking, we haven't fully seen it unlocked yet since he's been on the Bulls. Like that was his calling card in San Antonio. I believe Vooch is leading the team in assists right now for the Bulls. And uh, to me, that's just because Vooch is involved in so many of the action. So, you know, you wonder is Vooch going to break out of the slump? I hate to harp on it too much, but I mean, at this point, it's got to be the biggest storyline on the team, which mean, is right? individual yeah. offensive struggles, and uh, it's just tough when you're taking you know 16 shots a game or whatever it is. I know he's, t- he's taking like 20 shots per 100 possessions, and he's like third on the team in that, he's just basically yeah. behind DeRozan and Levine. But uh, yeah, it has been weighing down the offense I think lately.
2: You got to ask yourself, what would the offense, Like, what would the offense look like if boots was just making? like not shooting 40% from the rim, <laughs> mm-hmm. like at the rim, like yeah, 45%. I, Cause he's not doing he's anything wrong. Crazy. It's just clearly, he's just, he's just, he's,
1: shots. he's getting
0: good looks. Like I don't yeah. like, yeah. I don't hate the shots he's taking. He's just missing
1: them. No, <laughs> it's crazy. And he's crazy. Cause teams are still like, he's still getting some closeouts and things like that. But anyway, no, the thing is like, I was just talking to Chris before, uh, before you guys came on, I showed a couple of plays and I'm like, why is Demar in a corner? Like I, I don't. Demar DeRozan should not be in a corner in horns. He should either be a screener or he should be the ball handler. Like I, I, I don't, I don't. And I again, like you just said, you don't want to harp on 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 Zach or or I'm sorry, um, on Vooch, but I don't I don't want to harp on Billy because I, I do feel like he's trying to empower his players and allow them to have have their own like flow and in, in the game. But I, I kind of just want him to kind of. And again, I may be off base, like I said before, but uh like I, I kind of want him to put his foot down and be like, "Look, hey, Demarsh, I want Demar to handle the ball a little bit more and, you know i i i I just feel like the offense flows a lot better. He continues to collapse the defenses, and even if let's say he's missing his 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 mid ranges and things like that, like he's still good enough being able to get downhill, collapse the defense, draw help, and find shooters like that stuff i, I we need to be. We need it more. If if we're not going to run a cohesive offense, uh screening, split screens, all these different types of things uh, to to make this offense go, and we're just going to dribble handoff, so, empty side pick and roll, dribble handoff, you know, high pick and roll. Like if we're just going to do that, then just give the ball to DDR and let and run those same things, and you probably will get better shots. You'll probably you'll probably find better shots. Um, and I just wish that that's what would happen. Um, but I don't know. Maybe he's trying to, you know, let Lonzo, you know, get. get I don't know, you know, cause <laughs> you know, that was like a thing before the season. Like, yeah, is totally gonna get mad? Before, if, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know if that is what's going on, but man, I need to see more DDR and ball, man.
2: Yep. Well, if, if you see like anytime Lonzo's involved in the pick and roll and they let him start diving towards the rim, like nothing. <laughs> I think uh, I think uh, Chip Jones on on Twitter had this. He said it was like 50% of those possessions end in nothing. Like nothing is created <laughs> out of those. 50%. And so it's not and it's not a, a knock against Lonzo like but if the possession ends in a in a Lonzo like floater in the lane and you have DeMar in the corner, I just think you've done something fundamentally <laughs> wrong. Like it's just, yeah. that's just not I was I made a terrible, terrible analogy to Laro that I'm not going to repeat. But it's like if you're trying <laughs> to bake a cake and you've got flour and you're like looking for substitutes for flour, like what are you doing? Like just use the flour to make, is your, you've got the ingredients to make a great cake. Just make the cake.
3: Like, yeah, this, I think like,
2: why are you putting the bar in a corner?
3: <laughs> right. I think you're dead on. I think that Lonzo's limitations have shown as a half court ball handler. Yes. But what Lonzo's, to me, Lonzo is mostly played up to a scouting report. I feel it. Like. Yeah, absolutely. He's, really he's been what I expected. For sure. His defense has been phenomenal. I've been particularly impressed with how he guards bigger players. Yeah. Uh offensively, he's shooting about 40% from three still, right? He's taking like he's over six threes a game. <laughs> Up that volume, make him more of an off ball gunner. He is their best avenue towards improving the low hanging fruit on the offense right now, which is the lack of three point attempts. And like Chris said, like Caruso and Lonzo are limited offensive players. The fact that they're so, a the fact like they're still positive impact players, that's a testament to how yes. strong they are in other aspects of the game. If you're a guard and you're like a nominal point guard, as both of those guys are, the one thing you should be able to do is break guys down off the dribble, get to the hoop, uh, be able to survey the floor, make a pass, or get to the foul line. So both of those guys – Lonzo in particular is just never getting to the foul line. You know, the Netflix show, The Floor is Lava. I feel like that's Lonzo. <laughs> I <laughs> guess. Yeah. He's afraid of the rim. The <laughs> restricted it's, it's, it's area of lava yeah. when Lonzo you, has
0: the ball. Do
1: you think that it has to do with like, like Lonzo really needs to be a two foot jumper to really explode at the rim. And like, obviously it's not too many situations where you can just, you know, two foot jump, like you gotta be more of a strider. And I, that that's probably Love one it, of the yeah. reasons. Yeah, Love it. So, and
3: not quick off the ground.
1: Yeah. Uh,
3: but like, this is just, this is Lonzo ball, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. we knew it. We, we didn't his issues coming in. Like, so it was like, yeah, like, it's frustrating, obviously, when he, when he'll like beats, well, and like he'll have the advantage in like a pick and roll. And then he either thri- tries to throw a bad pass or he takes that mid range shot, which I think he's made like maybe one. He made one tonight, but he's made like one or two. And usually, like you said, it usually just like goes nowhere. And like, I, Lonzo taking like step back. Their range shots in pick and roll is awful. Uh, And then, yeah. like I said, he never, he never gets all the way to the rim uh, because he's allergic to the rim. But like, uh,
2: we knew that, like he, that's what we knew. He, he like, doesn't have to, we don't right. need him to do that. That's we're that's the problem yeah. is we're trying to force him into that role. We don't need him to fulfill that role. He had,
0: he had great moments today when they were trying to come back, when he would, the transition stuff, when they would yes, get the yes. ball and he would push, whether it was a make or a miss, they'd push and like him and Derek Jones jr. Uh, we're both just like super aggressive, getting the ball up yeah. the court, and we we saw I think them hook up for a couple plays in transition, and Jerry uh, Jones Jr. off offensive rebounds as well, and that's where Alonzo is awesome. We which again we knew that transition like that's where he is best, not pick and roll half court offense. So definitely, and I I would like to see him just be more off ball and shoot more threes. I think he took yes. what, eight po- over eight a game last year, and he's at like six something this year. It Give me eight, more. especially on this team, shoot yeah. nine or ten threes shoot a game, Alonzo, yes. like. He, yes. he has
2: two or three attempts easy that he could have taken tonight. He's yeah. open for two or yeah, three times. Get him up, get him, get him up. Instead of who cares, miss them. Who cares? I would
0: I think rather he only,
1: only had take five, five shot. tonight, right? He only had shot yeah, five I think two of, tonight. Two yeah, yeah. he averaging six more.
0: or they, they just they just need to get more three pointers up. Like again, we don't. They don't need to be chucking like fifty a game, but twenty five a game is off. It's just terrible. I just it's just hard to have a ton of yeah. offensive success like that
3: you're running into a math problem when you're yeah. only taking 25 threes a game right. so that's kind of like one baseline of like in this league your three-point rate has to be like at a certain level for you to even compete like especially last year it felt so overwhelming i think maybe the jazz had like the second or third highest three-point rate ever the highest i believe is still that really good rockets team that went to the uh, western conference finals during the peak hardened d'antoni years but yeah, you got to be able to get up enough threes. Otherwise, you're just immediately putting yourself in a huge hole. Yeah. So I think that is uh, the biggest – yeah, that's a huge problem with the team right now. In addition to Vuce's struggles, like uh, not running through DeRozan enough and just not getting enough threes. Yeah. Well, and, and you guys mentioned um,
2: the imbalance with the bench, right? You've got these guys who are really defensive stalwart guys, like Io, Troy Brown Jr., um, Derek Jones Jr. Caruso, like they're all really, and Tony Bradley's been really, really good since he started yes, yeah. uh, going in the rotation. Like he's been phenomenal. Like he's done exactly what he I think needs. He's
0: the best net rate, like plus minus or net rating on the team. Right? Something like DJJ. I know it's small distribution, sample sizes, but like yeah, uh,
2: yeah. But the but the lineups have left a little bit something to be desired, and I think Kobe is going to solve a lot of that when he comes back because I think he's going to take some of those IO minutes um, probably. But there's. I wanted to ask you guys about Javante Green in the starting lineup and whether yeah. you not whether or not you think that's something that should go forward because I I think with the rim protection and the lob threat that Derek Jones has been, I think he may be a good candidate to swap out with Javante Green. And Javante Green's been really—I mean, like—to ask him to be this offensive person, like he is. Yeah, like he's doing exactly what we thought he would do. But I wonder if his minutes. And his role should kind of diminish as Kobe comes back, and Derek Jones should be taking, you know, a little bit more time at the four, and maybe starting with at the four to try and get these guys off to better starts. Because if Vooch is if Vooch continues a shooting slump, and Javante's out there, you're playing three on five on offense to, to start the first quarter, and you're not going to get out to good spot to, to good shots um, and good starts that way. But what do you guys think about that?
3: I was saying it while I was watching the game tonight that Derek Jones Jr. should be in the starting lineup. And then Stacy said it like shortly after that. So I think a lot of people were thinking the same thing watching that game. So Javante, he's like one of the most unlikely NBA players in the entire league. He went to Radford. He was in like multiple low-level European stops. At no point since he's like entered the NBA has he been expected to be a starter, right? Yeah. He looked really good in the preseason while Pat was hurt. He's been starting for Pat for a few times. Coming into the year, coming into camp, I did not figure Javante would even be in the rotation. Now, I love what Javante's given him, but it's tough to look at someone in Javante's position and be like, this guy's letting us down. I think he's given you about all he can give you for what his skill set is. Jones and Green have very similar skill sets, right? Like they're both sort of undersized fours with, you know, obviously extreme athleticism. Jones' credential speaks for itself in terms of the dunk contest, but. Javante Green has like one to three insanely athletic plays every single game. We saw it again tonight with an alley-oop. So I think you could slide Jones into Green's role, and they're playing the same role, right? They're providing some supplemental rim protection on the baseline. They're playing Vooch a little bit higher, and Bradley a little bit higher to uh, fend off drives, protect the paint. and They want athletic wings to try to challenge shots along the baseline, and Jones is a natural fit for that. Uh, Jones has also been just like a way more established NBA player in his career coming into this season before green. So the only reason Jones sort of fell out of favor early in the season, I think, is because he had the injury in preseason. Now, that didn't stop Billy from immediately playing Pat. But for whatever reason, Jones didn't start playing until Pat got hurt or maybe like the game he got hurt. So, you know, late he he wasn't playing in the very early part of the season. So I think Derrick Jones has been awesome. I love what Jones and Bradley have both been able to provide. Obviously, Jones is going to be limited as a shooter, so he's not going to fix your three-point rate problem. But for someone who does fill a very similar role as Javante, I just think he's better. So I would still have Javante playing. I know Javante's not playing like huge minutes. You just now, swap but the roles. Basically. Start Jones, yeah, and uh, go with Javante. Or, I mean, the other thing you could do is start Caruso.
1: Yeah, yep. yes. Uh, yep.
3: And Caruso, you know, this was – we got to shout him out every time we talk about the Bulls. No mentioned it in our little group text. He's like, yeah, they should start Caruso because they're getting off slow starts. A really good defensive player should be guarding the best players on the other team, which are the starters. So that totally makes sense to me too. I like the idea of keeping Caruso on the bench is sort of like a change of pace to what teams are – like he immediately – makes the opposing team unsettled when he comes in because his defense is so uh energetic and on point and physical but that's another idea they could do certainly the slow starts have been a problem and they were a slow they were a slow starting team like before these last two games too even yeah. when they were six you know six and one before the celtics game even like they yeah. had just been getting off to slow start so uh, will be interesting to see if Billy or perhaps more importantly, us does something to address it. If you know they're going to make another in-season move,
0: yeah, they definitely they talked about the slow start thing today. I know Zach, I think talked about it, uh, and it's like it is like it's hard to be like Javante is the problem, just was like I was, booch <laughs> has been awful, and Zach Zach has been a culprit of the slow starts. He's had a few games where he's like really easing into these games, and I don't want to rip on Zach too much. Obviously, it was the thumb like he's playing through it uh but like tonight i tweeted this after the game tonight how tonight's game they had a big opportunity to get out get out to a big lead the sixers did not look like they looked bad in that first quarter and the bulls looked just as bad and like when they were down one after that first quarter and that is again just like their offense has just been getting off to such slow starts outside of like that with that celtics game where they hit the five threes early like they've just been so struggling to get to get into rhythm to start games so like Javante is what he is, and the problem is just, like, the teams just don't give a crap about him. Defe- like he's, uh, Chris, you mentioned just, like, if, with Vooch playing bad as well, it's like almost being a f- uh, three-on-five. It's just, like, Javante, just, the teams don't guard him. He can't really do anything besides, like, do hustle plays. Like, his three-point shooting is, like, okay, but his volume is so low. It's just, like, like you said, J- J- DJJ is, like, not going to be that much better, but he- I think he definitely is a better player. So he might as well play the better player more so like Javante is almost like on a Bogan's plan right now, but like you really just can't afford to do that. I feel like so like the starting lineup, that starting lineup together has been in the negative. I know uh, just overall, it just hasn't very good and with the slow start things. I feel like you have to try something like, I don't know if he'll do it on Monday, but uh, it's definitely something that they have to look at. And again, I don't, Yeah, it's hard to hit on Javante green. The guy plays his ass off every night. He just, is isn't that, that good. He's just it's, not very good. So like, Bring that energy off the bench def- defensively, which is what Derrick Junior is doing right now. I mean, DJJ, what he did—he started basically all year with Portland last year, right? I know they—that was they were a disappointing team, but like, he's out the pedigree, as you said, Ricky. I feel like it's something that they're probably going to look at pretty soon here if these starts uh, keep being so slow because they—they just, they just can't afford to keep getting they, these holes. Like they—they they can't afford to keep getting into fifteen-point holes every night. You just can't win games like that all the time. Even if they've come, ba- they've uh,
3: been close in some of these comebacks. Well, the Bulls are three and zero when Javante Green scores six points or more. I just <laughs> oh, don't know. The game log. so the Keith Bogans <laughs> comparison is rock oh, solid man. right now. Man. Uh, it, it, that's
2: funny. It's it, you. You really can't blame Javante. It's like blaming Arch for being out there. It's like if Arch is playing eighteen right. minutes a game, it's not Arch's fault. It's the team's right. got a problem. Yeah, right. It's it's, it's not what we should, we should expect, and I think. I almost wonder, there's two things that come to mind. Number one is turbound Jr., who has always shot over 40% from the corners his whole career from three. I don't think he played poorly. Like, I think he played fairly well. And and I, I'm wondering if if we see more of him or if, if there's something else going on there. Because I, I think he he can provide anything that, you know... That those Io and Javante Green are providing. And I think he's a little bit better of an offensive player. And, and I think he's a, a, a great shooter. I mean, Io had a tough night tonight, but he's he's been pretty good. Otherwise, um, Kobe coming back, you know, we'll will help that a little bit. But do you guys see? I don't know about you guys, but I feel like this roster is not complete. Like I, I feel like with that trade exception, that trader player exception looming, and Matt Thomas, who I really don't think is like a 15th player, even on, on a playoff roster. I feel like something's coming, but do you guys think that this roster is unfinished? And do you think that they need to go out and get someone else uh, at some point during the season to to help their rotation?
3: Sure. I said it on our podcast before the season started that my bold prediction was the bulls were going to swing a big trade in season. Obviously Karnashev did it last year. He was he so said- aggressive in reshaping this roster. So, why wouldn't he? he's got the extra first round pick we still don't know what's happening with the tampering investigation unbelievable first of all it's like what is yeah. going on man it's been 3 what 3 4 months now <laughs> like what in
0: the world is going on with this tampering investigation so i say what they've
2: got to trade that portland pick before the league takes it away from right. them right yeah exactly that's, that's what I'm thinking at this point i'm like man <laughs> you guys better do something well i was thinking about brandon i tweeted out today i think it was brandon about brandon clark in in memphis who's a 6 8 forward he's you know, very athletic, uh,
0: not his shots got the floor better. For me
3: either, but yeah, but you <laughs> could still use I'm another just
0: far. big, bigger guy. I guess yeah. the size wasn't the problem tonight and was not the problem the other night. And they they won the rebounding battle, I think, the last two games, surprisingly. I mean, it, it, Ricky, you brought up Malik Beasley, uh, on our one pod. They need more shooting. Right. He can, I don't know how he's doing for the Timberwolves so far. Uh, mm. they, could, they could use more, sh- they could use more shooting for sure. Uh, they, I mean, they still could probably use another bigger player uh, just to have some more size or it's a bigger wing. I know somebody in the comments and something we've talked about, I think was like, do they sign like J- a James Ennis type um, uh, three and D ish wing. I know he's not a great shooter, but like 35, 36%. He's a bigger wing just to take kind of Pat's place and have a little bigger body than Javante at six, four, whatever he is. And DJJ is six, five, but I know he plays a little bigger than that. Uh, I guess just the ultimately to answer the question is yes, they do feel incomplete. Uh part of it's Kobe and then the pad injury. I feel like they definitely could use a little more help somewhere, <laughs> whether it's a trade, whether they sign somebody, uh they could
1: definitely use a little more help. I, I was just thinking um the commenter said uh scotty p will be go, will go crazy because i was just thinking I was like <laughs> if, if if beasley comes here it'll, be, right. it'll be nostalgic for Larza. you know what i mean like it'll be oh, like man. i used to be here you know <laughs> but no i think i, mean, I think beasley's dope though I, I think that'd be a dope uh, option so he uh, averaged i just pulled up his
3: stats he averaged 19 points a game last year this year he's down to 10 but he's still taking eight threes a game, knocking them down at, you know, near 40% clip. So that was a name I threw out there before Pat even got hurt. Yeah. I was thinking mm-hmm. that they might need another shooter.
2: Mm-hmm. And... My my concern is, sorry to cut you off. My, my concern is guarding big forwards and wings. Like Lonzo has been doing that yeah.
3: so far. Yeah.
2: And I, but I don't think he or Derek Jones are really in a position to be doing that. I mean, can you see them in guarding LeBron for long stretches? I just, yeah, I mean, Maybe, I mean, the Lakers are a whole lot better. They did, they did like right a now, decent but. job on Tatum the other night. I know Tatum's yeah,
0: been kind of going through some stuff right now. Uh, but even with Pat Healthy, we yeah. we're like,
2: well, they kind of need someone extra.
0: They sort like, of need a, a, a big winner
3: a shoot, ideally. All, I, I, obviously, Damn, James he's Dennis he's isn't great, but like, him <laughs> out. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. yeah it's Harrison Barnes. That's
2: the guy that I think would really help us a lot. Uh, but I don't think Sacramento. Sacramento never thinks that they're tanking until like March every right. year. <laughs> even though everyone
3: else <laughs> knows in November.
1: Harrison Barnes. I mean, Harrison Barnes would be dope.
0: I. What is he making? He's got to be making million? like twenty million. So yeah, I guess you'd have to tr- trade what, like Pat. I don't even Derek know what Jones. else. Jones, Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah so you you those two I guess would
2: get you pretty close. That, yeah, you'd have. To, I think you'd have to trade like Troy Brown and Derek Jones to get there. Um, sure why not <laughs> you could bring in brandon clark with just the trader player exception. he only makes 2.7 million and you got 5 million a trade player exception the only problem is what do the grizzlies want they probably want you know at least a second and probably something else back
0: i didn't realize that the bulls have like no seconds until like 2020 but <laughs> well, they have one they have like some one from like the nuggets i think and then like no, none of their own until like 2026 so they're obviously just out Their their draft stash right now is very low. Obviously, we know we've they've given up a lot to put this roster together, which is fine. We've said that's all right, but to make another move, like they just don't have too much at their disposal. I'm fully and one the of their be, and one of their best trade chips is uh, now out for the season, which is not great. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I'm Clark would be interesting. Though. Clark, though. What what is the deal with Clark? I know he's what out of. I've a, a seen a lot of like draft Twitter people like love the roster the Grizzlies have put together. Mm-hmm. Like, a bunch of draft Twitter guys. And um, Clark was pretty – is it, this is his
3: third year, second yeah. year? Yeah, he had third. a really strong start. Like, yeah, what's Work going on with him? He looked great. Yeah. Last year he kind of fell out of the rotation, and this year he's been relegated to garbage time mostly, I think. So uh, if they're giving up on him, that would be someone I think would be a really good candidate to take a flyer on, absolutely. Uh, but again – not really sure. I, I do think that Karnashev is going to try to make a move, though, given yeah. how aggressive he's been to oh, this no. point. And I think that, uh, yeah, what the hell is Thad Young up to right now? That's
2: what I'm saying. Thad Young is like the heart-shaped, like the Thad-shaped <laughs> Young hole in our roster is missing Thad Young. Yeah, That's really it.
3: But you know what I'm going to say here, and feel free to tell me I'm wrong, but... I felt like him and Vooch weren't a natural pairing together. Yeah. Because, like, honestly, you could have Fad in the Vooch role. I'd rather have Fad maybe, like, <laughs> just like as your starting center. I know they're already undersized as it is. But, you know, looking at last year's team, certainly you wouldn't say Fad was the problem. Like, Fad was awesome. Fad was their second best second player on, best last, player on the team. <laughs> yeah. But then when you Levine's got. Vooch, best ever teammate until this year. But I feel like Fad <laughs> was playing a lot of center, right? Yeah. Last year. So then when you got Vooch, it's like, okay, now Thad needs to be more of a floor spacer. Well, that's actually the weakest part of his game. Where yeah, Thad yeah. was really good at was in the middle of the floor, facilitating the offense, doing the little uh, you yeah, know, yeah, little flip, flip, players, yeah. flip floaters, flip uh, floaters. Yeah, so that's unbelievable. One thing I he made up all of them on the last episode of cash considerations. Not to totally overreact and totally sound like a vooch hater, because I do think Vooch has done a lot of good yeah, things. It's some fire other thing I brought tape. up is like, you know, if you had Thad in that role. Uh, you know, how different would the team look? So I don't know, like Thad would be great, but I do think that not a natural fit is your closing four. With that being said, maybe you just try to make it work because you're already shooting so few three-pointers, and Thad would just be a massive talent upgrade over what they've had already. So uh, I didn't think he was a supernatural fit, but also his performance last year was just heroic. It's a crime (laughs) that he's not in the Spurs rotation this year, really. Yeah. So it, it would be incredible to have to have Thad, right? So now it's just about. it's just
0: like hard to make that to actually like actually do it because they can't trade for him. They if the Spurs could buy him out, but I'm pretty sure the Bulls can't sign him. He'd have to get traded somewhere else and then get bought out, and then they could sign him. So I think it's just like not really that feasible unless <laughs> then unless that happens. I mean, maybe, but so, I, mean, I feel like. I feel like the Spurs will want to I they can get something for him. Like Thad's still a good player. And I I think whoever trades for him isn't gonna like trade for Thad Young to waive him. So I feel like it's just like not realistic, sadly. No, that,
2: he's he's gonna go somewhere else, but I I, I I can't remember. I think Stefano told us they basically can't reacquire him this entire year unless like while he has to go somewhere, yeah, he has to, go somewhere, yeah, he has to
0: go somewhere else and then like get traded again,
2: or he has and to and then go, cut and then, and then pick cut, him off waivers, yeah. some some weird right, nonsense, yeah, right. Well, that's that was like okay. Well, what about Wendell? Can I get Wendell back at least? <laughs> like bring him back. But but I, Ricky brings up a good point, which is Thad's effectiveness in the in the rotation last year really did really was diminished by the it arrival of Vucevic. Munch, yeah, and I I do think with De, especially with Demar manning a lot of those second man units or Zach one of those two, I do think his effectiveness would be a lot less. But. I still think we do need a someone who can guard big forwards on this team and make an open shot. And so far, we don't have one of those. And and the one we did have, um, you know, took a hard fall when Mitch Robinson closed lined him and is out for the season, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure.
3: obviously, he didn't mean to do that, but it just sucks. So sad again. You you. (laughs) You know, that's Laro's guy. Yeah. uh, you I know, there was a play, play today and... where Embiid wrapped up, I think. Caruso, yeah, Caruso. Yeah. Where Caruso had a wide open shot to the basket, could have dunked it, and he wrapped up on the ground. And Benetti got really mad. He's like, oh, it's a hard foul. Love <laughs> it was a hard foul by Embiid. Yeah. But, like, honestly, no, do that, dude, because. Yes. <laughs> wrap him up. You know, you're not going to get. There's not going to be an injury if you're wrapping him up on the yeah. ground. When you're challenging Pat on the air on a chance at a. Shot you had no chance to block. You were just trying to hit him and foul him, Yes. To prevent the easy dunk. It's like, yeah, bro, that's one thing that was going through my head watching it, bro. You're Rack out of
1: position. Block. You're out of position. Just chuck it up. You're like, you know, I gotta be in position <laughs> next time. Like, what are you doing? Like, I, I just, I watched the replay and I literally <laughs> wanted to take a flight up to New York and like, you know, just, just pay a visit. Just to, me to me. talk. I'm just want to want talk to you, man. Just yeah, want to right. know what were you? I'm killing thinking. the vibes right now. Like, I'm
2: sorry. I should not have brought that up. I'm killing the vibes. <laughs> But I do, I do want to, I do want to ask uh, Laro to to defend Vooch for a second because uh, some some of the comments here are talking about Vooch kind of being a liability on defense on the defensive end. But I think that Vooch, other than the shooting, has actually been really good. Like he's been a really good passer. He's played really well defensively within the system. Like I think, I think Vooch honestly. Like I know, our friend Kevin Faragam was like, maybe Vuce is just washed. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, no, no, sl- no, like, no, no. and I and even the, I know he's slow in his role on that on that take, obviously. But
3: he, I think he's been really effective otherwise. Do you guys agree with me that he's well, he's been pretty good other than the shooting? So he hasn't been turning the ball over either. He's been passing yeah. well, doesn't turn the ball over, but he doesn't get to the foul line, which hurts. And I mean, at the end of the day, I I feel like their defense is holding up really well right now but also like what's going to happen when they go through this gauntlet over the next five games like your backline rotations have to be really crisp when you're not playing with a natural rim protector at center the bulls have been able to do it through the early part of the schedule which has been pretty soft uh you're putting a lot of stress on sort of your role players to play a pivotal role because the scheme you're playing sort of fits Vooch's strengths right so i do think Vooch has been really good defensively, his hands have been active. He's playing the role they're asking him to play really well. But I do think that that scheme is going to get tested a little more as the competition improves. And offensively, it's like he's taking so many shots and he can't make anything. So I don't know. (laughs) I might be a little more negative than most people on Vooch right now, but I have a friend. I I don't think you are.
0: I think a lot of people
3: hate Vooch right now. (laughs) I have a friend who really was hating on Boozer back in the day. And I think with the benefit of hindsight – Boozer, like I kind of love Boozer, like he's just a lovable. Man. <laughs> yeah. He really endeared himself to me as a human being. Booze news, but at the beginning oh my gosh, of the booze Boozer's news. tenure, he was pretty frustrating to watch. Boozer, it's like wasn't this guy supposed to be awesome? Now, like you know, couldn't even close games. Taj was great, but give me that. Hey, my friend Colin Vucevic, I love it. Oh no, loser! <laughs> and every every time he misses, I just think Boozer. Oh no, I've I, I, I been, been thinking the bug, same.
0: I was going to tweet that, that
3: like Vucevic is like on the verge of
0: becoming the next Boozer. Just because I feel like, I mean, just, Don't just don't based, put that energy out I mean, there, Jason. <laughs> I mean, just based on like what, uh just like my mentions, like, and obviously just like, just watching him struggle. It's like, it's been tough. And obviously like, I think like, defensively, I think he's been for like what he is and his limitations. I think he's been battling hard. He's been trying. Sometimes it obviously just like looks so bad because he's so slow. So like sometimes when he gets beat, it looks just so, so awful. And like, but there's been other times, I mean, he battled against Embiid in the first game. Tonight, Embiid obviously just roasted. I mean, he was hitting it. Except I, Embiid was hitting just jumpers. He had a ton of jumpers tonight. And, like, when Embiid is knocking down all those shots from outside the paint, like, tip, that's a tip-your-cap type mm-hmm. deal to him when he's hitting four threes and when he's just – I know he's a great mid-range shooter last year. But, like, when he's hitting those, like, fadeaway shots, like, One like what are you going to do about that? He's seven-two, <laughs> he's 300 team. pounds. Like, if Embiid is hitting those shots on you, He's an MVP candidate, and that's not all on him. Like, obviously, Vooch does have his flaws, and some in, when he's playing pick and roll defense, sometimes he's just just not not very mobile. I but mean, I think he's at least tried on that end. Like, I don't know if maybe if they're asking him to do like to if like what he's asked to do defensively is hurting him on offense. I have no idea, but uh obviously, he's been very frustrating with the obvious. I mean, so many good looks tonight that he just. Miss and I tweeted uh, the, the open three that he missed when the, the bulls had taken the lead and they had a chance to go up to yeah. go up four and he misses that and then Embiid hits the three on the other end after Seth Curry flop Like Vooch runs over Seth Curry, who flops, and Vooch just stops. Like, what playing. is Vooch
1: supposed to do with like right. is he gonna step yeah. on Seth? I mean, yeah. like, what is he
3: right?
0: Exactly. And just, a really like, great bogus. That that swing was just like it, that, just like deflated like I feel like the team. I think I know they tied the game up again after that, but it just felt like that took the air out of the crowd when Vooch missed that and, and beat it the three on that bogus yeah. flop um, the other end. It was And it was just brutal. Like and he's just missing all those kind of like, – I mean, wasn't it the first first possession of the game or second possession of the game? Vooch gets like a wide-open like seven-foot shot in the paint of pick and roll, and he bricks it. It's like not even close. And like he's like not even close on these misses. Like Zach, Zach has had all these in-and-out three-pointers and just feels like he's like just off. Who knows what's going on with that thumb? Vooch, I feel like is just like not even close on a lot of these shots. And you mentioned – how like he's under 50% at the rim. Like, how are you that bad on these shots at the rim, man? Like all these just close, good looks shots. Like, it's just like, it's unbelievable. And you have to think he's going to turn around at some point. It's Like you don't want to bail on the guy. Like, I don't think he's washed. I mean, he's 30, 31. Like he was good for the bulls offensively last year. I don't think all of a sudden, like like, he's now just like terrible. It just, it has just been very brutal to watch him miss all these great looks.
3: Uh, Lara. What do you think about the scheme defensively with Vooch in the middle? Like, because I know you've been sort of pumping him up, what he's doing well, and he is doing a lot well, no doubt. So just curious what you see from him uh, defensively and, you know, from how the Bulls are running their defense right now.
1: So defensively, like, I, I just think they're just really relying um, on that backside rotation, like you've mentioned before. Um, and before tonight, like, I really thought the point of attack of defense has been, like, really damn good. But I felt like Maxi was – Really like able to get downhill and attack Vooch, yeah. and and we know that Vooch his feet you know uh, they ain't they ain't that fast. So if Maxi's gonna be attacking you full speed, that's not gonna be a good look. But I think the the the, the scheme that they want to run in order for it to be like really damn good. Like the point of attack has to be, has to be better. You know, guys can't really, it puts a lot of pressure on the, on IO and Caruso and TBJ when he's in there, Zach, when he's in point of attack, it puts a lot of pressure on those guys to not get hit and stay in front. So it allows Vooch to be in the right position to defend the basket and use his hands and deflect passes. Um, But I, I thought, I thought he's been, I, I think he's been good. I, I think um for what Vooch is, you know, he's not, he's not Rudy, Robert, yeah. you know, he's not Bam. Not he's not, Embiid. he's not right. He's not Embiid. I mean, uh, so it's like, uh it, it is what it, like you guys said, like coming into the season, you kind of knew like what could be the limitations of the offense and what could be the, I mean, for Lonzo, um, it's kind of the same thing for, for Vooch on the defensive end. Like you, you knew what the limitations were, but how are you going to mitigate some of those, those limitations? Right. So, um they did a really like some games they have him at the level of the screen uh some games is an aggressive drop where they he show, he's there at the level and then he drops back immediately um and i thought i i think he's been doing really well you know having guys like javante on the back end and and djj i think i think because i started thinking about this when you said like the rent protection um has been a problem um and going forward it could be a problem and i think uh, and no doubt javante i think has really good instincts I feel like sometimes he steals, like he's right where the pass is going to be before it even gets there. Sometimes when he steals the ball, but um, I would really like to see DJJ more in these games upcoming because I I think the dude just really is like super explosive with with that seven foot wingspan, and I I, want to see what that looks like um, against some of these teams on the backside because I think I think he could be how explosive he is, and, and like like I said, how long of arms he has. I think he can be a, 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 a I don't want to say elite at all. I don't want to say that because we have, you know, but I think he can be very serviceable um, on the backside and, and really protecting the rim just because he could just jump so damn high. He has two by fours for the arms and he can really just go up and get it. Um, but as for Roach, I, I I I do think he's been playing well. Um, he does have times where uh, I, I believe against the Celtics where it was like a Chicago action where it's a pin down into a dribble handoff. And uh, the the guy that set the pin down, he rolls. And like it, Vooch has a problem, like getting back uh, fast enough to really, uh, to, to, to get a hand up on the oop. And I think teams, if they really wanted to, they could probably do that uh, to him more. Uh, but I think the, the Caruso and Io, um, and and uh who am I Alonzo have Lonzo. been a really damn good job, uh a of attack. I thought tonight was probably the if I had to pick probably the worst they've done as a as a as a group. Yep. Maxi um, looked so fast with yes. the today. Yes,
2: he was he was cooking everybody. And
0: they were a bit sloppy just like guarding the three two at, yes. at times. Oh my uh, gosh. Every time I left
2: freaking is open yeah. <laughs> on bad rotation every time you like you I, I'm I don't know about you guys but I'm I'm, actually, I'm like he's gonna be open look. you guys are too slow
1: don't don't I double and beat no, like, oh. you brought that up right i see here's the thing like if I was coaching that game like I probably would have did the same thing as Billy but the thing is Zach like Zach should probably be thanking Vooch right now because if Vooch wasn't playing as bad as he's been playing on offense, like people would be roasting Zach defensively. Like I think Zach has not been—he's uh, not good at all. Like in terms of as an overall defender. Like, but I thought he—he he played really well off ball and and as a point of attack defender uh, um, last season. And then this season, I kind of feel like he's tailing off a bit. Like there was a um, uh, Chris, well. yeah, yeah, Chris. Um, no, he definitely did start well um chris tweeted it today uh, uh they doubled Embiid. lonzo rotates out to uh i think it was seth i think at the top of the key and then zach was the next rotation of furcon and it, it, it was, that was first... the last three
0: here right yeah yes he was, he was slow he was definitely you saw it in real time he was slow getting out there
1: what, what like if as soon as you see lonzo go like zach what are you doing like yeah. you know furcon at the, the point man. of the game
0: at the point of the game you need to be that was yep. crunch time. You need to be quick on those rotations. You, you
1: can't just like be loafing out there. It's frustrating. And then there was a play in the... Was it the first half? Well, he, he was going... He was driving off the wing, and he dribbles into two guys, and we got... I think it was Lonzo that was wide open at the three line. I'm like, what are, Zach, what are we doing? <laughs> and he's complaining about a foul, and I'm like, maybe it was a foul, but like, bro, like, we got Lonzo at the three-point line ready to, to, to pull that thing, hopefully. um, And it's just like, you know, Zach has these. I don't know. Maybe he's getting comfortable because he has two, two, two offensive players with him now. They, I don't know. May I'm just guessing, but like I feel like maybe he's getting a little comfortable where he's at, and he, I don't know. But I would, I, I don't know, man.
0: And, and I it's and like I mentioned before, like Zach's putting up good numbers. Like his three point shooting is way down. He's putting up good numbers. It just it does not feel like he's playing well, or like even close to as well he as he can be for sure. The decision making has been has not been there. I yeah. think he's been forcing and pressing stuff at times, yeah. like just playing a little too panicky at times. And like he, he he's so talented. Where sometimes he just he can be so aggressive and he makes shots, but other times where he'll just chuck something up. And I mean the last last game, uh, two nights against the Sixers. I mean he was so bad in that fourth quarter. Like the decision making was like it was like a. The last couple of years, Zach, where he thinks he has to do everything, and he's like forcing stuff. Like, dude, you mm-hmm. chill out. You don't have to do that. So, like, I I don't want to hate on, on him too much because he is playing hurt. He is still putting up decent numbers, but yeah. he definitely is not helping the team as much as we, he as he definitely can. He he hasn't been as good as uh, he hasn't taken. He hasn't gotten better. Like, because he's something we talk about. He's gotten better every year in Chicago. He has definitely yes. not been. He's not been better than he was last year. That's for sure. I and, I, know,
1: I think one of the things too, like I. I... First thing I wanted to point out was, I uh, was it last game? I think it was last game when DDR had it going in the fourth quarter, like he was just going crazy. And Zach subs in, and he yep. takes the first shot. Yes. And I'm like, yes, yes, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Like Zach, yeah. what what are we doing? You know, yep. but I I have to pull myself back sometimes because I feel like it's so easy to like criticize these guys because you yeah. know they're, they're professionals and and they play this game for a living and everything and. But I, I feel like this is a learning experience for Zach and Vooch. Like DDR is basically doing what he does, you know. Like he's getting he's getting probably the worst perimeter defender because most of the time they're gonna have the best defender on on Zach, so he can go to work. You need him to play on ball. He can do that. He did that in San Antonio. So he's like he's used to this. He's used to um, doing what he's being asked of right now. But I think for Vooch and Zach, it's a, it's an adjustment, you know, because Zach is so used to being the guy, you know. Okay, fourth quarter time. It's my time. You know, but I think now it's like Zach is still learning now. Like it's going to take some time. I would, I, me personally, I would say close to all-star break, maybe somewhere around there, hopefully sooner. But, um, these guys that are like, Zach's got to know. Okay. All right. Okay. Let me go off ball. DDR has got it. If he passes it to me, I'll be ready to go. But like, and and Vooch Vooch is actually as much as I support Vooch and I'm still going to support Vooch. Like he probably has the easiest job, uh, in terms of, uh, he gets the easiest shots. I'll say that. Oh, but he's had some wide open looks, and I'm just used to Vooch knocking those down. I right. really am. Um, but like, I, I went back and watched some Magic film, and and dude was on the block a lot. He like, yeah, he shot some threes, but he was definitely on the block a lot, and and you know getting those touches as well. And I think that's a little. I think that's a missing a little bit. Um, I, I would like to see him on the block a little bit more. But again, like if you're gonna be with DDR, like DDR likes to get to the paint and shooters you know mid-rangers so i i don't know man like it, i want to see this group get better um and i but i just think it'll take a little bit more time like it's great that we're six and three while while they're still figuring things out offensively um but i, I would love to see them figure some things out uh sooner rather than later um the schedule but, is
0: just so dang
1: brutal yes <laughs> it's awful like yes uh
0: and I know, I know like brooklyn is not like they're beatable they're they haven't looked great L A. We'll see if LeBron is playing in that game, but they play Clippers Lakers back to back in L A. That's I mean maybe that's for the better, so they don't have the L A. night out. I don't know, but uh, (laughs) uh, and then I I mean Golden State has best defense in the league right now. They they, their road trip starts in Golden State next Friday, national TV game. Like I mean it just in Dallas on Wednesday, it just it never ends. Just this entire this stretch is just insane. Like and it's like as fun as it is to watch like these high profile matchups and like have them like really just throw feet to the fire throwing it in the fire like this like it is not exactly ideal when you're trying to work in these new guys and you have some of these injuries so it's like yeah, i was the La- i mean the lakers have not been good they got smoked tonight too without lebron yeah. by the Blazers but like their schedule has been like they played the thunder twice and like the rockets twice like why can't we get that like give us a few, <laughs> few more i know we played the pistons twice already but like give us a few more cupcakes here I, I, and not I, just like all these elite teams i'm
1: glad you brought up the the warriors because I I want Billy to, while he's coaching the game, have the assistant coaches watch. Just just watch what they, again, he's not, Zach is not Steph Curry. Not saying that, but just watch how they use Steph Curry off ball. Like, look at some of the things they do with him. You know, what are they doing off ball with Jordan Poole? What are they doing with Damian Lee? Like, these guys are moving around there. It's it's a lot more like he wants to play ball, uh, uh, player movement, ball movement, but is dribble handoff empty side pick and roll dribble handoff dribble handoff dribble and it's like let's do some different things so i I just hope that this grow it grows more like steph pointed out before the season the hawk series right and the the bulls have been doing the hawk cut but it hasn't really you know they haven't finished out the series they haven't haven't done anything differently and I, i don't know if that's just because They've been focusing so much on defense and training camp and practices that they just haven't got to the offensive side yet, but I, I, they got to do more. They, they just have to use Zach more off ball. Like they had a, a play today at horns. They had Zach in the top as a screener. He sets a screen. He pops. There was a perfect opportunity for a split screen action. They didn't even look that way. Ended up turning into a Alonzo floater. And it's like, I just wish there was more.
2: All right, Ricky. I know. I know you've been waiting. Been waiting a few minutes here. You're like. I know. I can see you're like ready to. No, no I don't even have anything
3: now. There were <laughs> things I wanted to say uh, throughout that, but yeah. Well, one thing I'll say is that like Levine's defense has always been spotlighted as his biggest shortcoming, but in reality, it's probably like his processing. Like, mm-hmm. if he could really process the game at a super high level, then he would probably be that like heliocentric star because he is just so talented uh, in terms of shot making and like how effortlessly he can get to the basket at his best. But yeah, it's always been an issue with him. Right. And that's why the people who thought bringing in another ball dominant star to play next to him and DeMar DeRozan, that's sort of what they were discounting. I think like Zach needed someone like DeMar, yeah. I think making the best version of himself, but the offense has been a little bland to this point. And, uh, there's just better ways to unlock Zach. Now, yeah. he is playing hurt. Yeah, I think that he's a better shooter than a 34% shooter. He's just going to regress to the mean positively. Uh,
0: In-and-outs in have been killing me. I mean, he had two more tonight with three-pointers right. that just halfway down and out. It's like he makes a few of those, and that percentage looks much better. It's been driving me nuts.
3: <laughs> but, yeah, I, I totally agree with the idea of redistributing more offensive initiation to DeRozan, letting Levine cook a little bit more off ball. It's not something he's used to. Now that might be an area where the cohesion comes into play. Like Zach sort of figuring out his tricks of how to play off ball, Billy figuring out how to coach it. I'm thinking back to Billy coached Paul George during Paul George's, I think he came in third and MVP that season. Like he was playing a lot of on ball there, but like it was still Westbrook. Right, that was a Westbrook. <laughs> yeah. Go back to some of that stuff that you were using with Paul George playing off Westbrook. Uh <laughs> I don't remember how healthy Westbrook was that whole year. Larry talks to me about this almost every day, about, about that specific thing. <laughs> That's
2: why he's shaking his head right now. He's like, Go <laughs> ahead, Leroy. I mean, say that for a it. A it. saying
1: that for months. <laughs> Dude, I just like you guys have been saying it all night. And and Chris said it as well. Like he said the The offense is being made harder than it needs to be made, and I, if you want some of the shots to the shots that Vooch is taking, you kind of want them to dwindle a little bit and, until he gets going. I, I can understand it, but what are you going to do differently, right? If you don't, if, if you want Vooch to not be the guy, the play finisher, uh, what are you going to do differently, right? Because you've just been doing dribble handoffs, these empty side pick and rolls. Uh, you're not really doing anything else differently other than that you know you do a little bit of split act uh split uh split action i'm sorry here and there but it's not like anything different that the defense has to worry about and so like if you don't want Vuce to shoot the shoot shoot the shots then what are you gonna be doing you know if you, what are you gonna do you want to run some inverted pick and roll what are you gonna do like it, zach is not being used to the to best of the ability uh that that he has like he can stress the, he can stress the floor vertically as well i think we have one 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 play out of a timeout where you cut back door and and oop but like he can do those things more often you can set some things up for for him to catch some oops you can run him off different screens staggers different they're not doing enough with zach and and they need to use that even if he's not making a shot he's always going to get that attention and that gives you more space and more opportunity for other players to get open looks and and i just feel like they're not doing that enough. you brought up the Paul George in, in Oklahoma City, like Hawk series. Just just go back and watch how Billy used PG in the Hawk series. There were so many different options out of it. Like, it's not just you, one play and it's a three. Like, no, like, there was different things you could do out of the, the play depending on what the defense offered to you or showed you. And I feel like they're just not doing enough. They're not doing enough. And, um, again, maybe that's just because they focused on defense. I don't know. But I, I want to see more, man. I, I, just use Zach. If he's not going <laughs> to be on the ball, like move him around. Make the defense have to worry about where's Zach. You know, like that's one of the things you're when you're playing basketball, where are the shooters? Where find the shooter? Like, where is he If you're just going to keep him in the corner, well, well Zach's still there. All right, well, all right. Well, I'm just chilling.
2: Yeah. Well, for sure. I think that one of the optimistic things I can take from this is in years past, we haven't had the talent. It wasn't about optimizing talent. It was like, we don't have enough talent. So like everybody's stretching in their role, right? Like you got Kobe being the, the starting point guard and you got Wendell Carter being like his offensive hub and the, you know, like Lowry Mark is supposed to be the second best scorer on the team. Everyone was stretching their role. Archie Jackson was playing 15 minutes a game. Like there's everyone on the team, like Thad, Thad Young has become magic Johnson. Like everyone on <laughs> the team last year had to overachieve and be stretched further than they, than they were supposed to be. Now this year it's like, We've got all the talent necessary to be a quality offensive team and so it's it's a and we and we knew that it was gonna take time and we knew that this the, the schedule is gonna be tough. so I still think about this like if we're at 500 or better at the end of this November stretch, I still think we're in a good spot because this is a really tough stretch um, but the individual losses still hurt because like you always think hey in that tough stretch there's always gonna be a game or two or you can take advantage of someone being out or someone being,
1: you really want you know, to split Miami these nightlife two games. This this yeah, was the opportunity
2: real. to take, yeah. and they they missed it both times. I thought, especially with Matisse out. Like, come on, man. like, right, like yeah. Matisse Tybel is like Zach Levine's kryptonite, <laughs> dribbling. Like, he's I've never seen anyone stop Zach like 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 does. But I do want to, you know, kind of end on a positive note in the sense that it is a tough schedule, but we are six and three. We're th- I think we're third in the East right now. We've Got a tough schedule, but. The schedule gets significantly easier as the the year goes on and so i think they can use this time that's it's going to magnify the weaknesses but they can now hey let's focus let's 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 clean up these things now with this tough schedule and then hit a stride maybe like the hawks did last year and, and kind of keep going um you did mention one thing laro about vooch on the block i wonder if what uh, my my initial thought was to take vooch out early and have them cook with, like, have them do that on the bench. But they don't have a whole bunch of shooters on the bench. So I w- almost want to do the opposite, which is take DeMar out early and have Vooch be like a do creation from the block and spray out shooters. Do you, do you think that's something that could be effective getting him going early? I mean, because DeMar's been DeMar. But yeah. when, when DeMar's on the floor, we want the ball in DeMar's hands. And even though Vooch has kind of been like the cog in the middle making it all happen, yeah, I almost want to see him. You know, if you, anytime you guys play pickup basketball and you're in a slump, I don't know about you guys, because I I like to shoot threes or like drive to the basket. And if if I'm not hitting, I I try and I just hang around the basket. I'm trying to get layups. I'm trying to get free throws. Like anything that's easy to get me going. And if Vooch, you know, Vooch on either side of that block is a phenomenal player, like one of the best in the NBA. You got to get him those easy shots. But do you guys think that could be an effective? <laughs> way to kind of get him going early is is to try and run some
3: stuff through him on the block absolutely that's one thing i was thinking is like vooch basically made a big leap as a shooter last year the bulls need the version of vooch where he's a big time shooter to sort of offset demar like when Demar's on the floor you need vooch to be a spacing center but vooch has really only had one super good three-point shooting season so yeah, I think that you know he's more comfortable, more comfortable throughout his entire career. He doesn't have a dunk yet this year. Like before he used to be a guy who could finish. Did he have one tonight? Did he have one tonight? I think early on. He might yeah, have tonight. Yeah. So then that's yeah. his first because he didn't have one coming into this game. Uh but yeah, like for DeRozan to be his best, they need Vooch to be a spacer. I still think Vooch is commanding respect from opposing defenses when he does stretch out to three. Yeah. Uh, which benefits the offense just yeah. just with that instead of having a total non threat out there. Um but for him to get going, yeah, I love the idea of him working more inside on the second unit, getting back to what has been the bread and butter throughout his career. Right now it really feels like he's trying to remake his game. Almost similar to Thad under Boylan, right? When they needed Thad to <laughs> oh, space gosh. with Boylan and Boylan <laughs> was basically just putting Thad in the corner and Thad didn't look that good his first year on the bowl. He hated it. <laughs> But it was He almost retired. <laughs> he has to be a floor space. And then the next year he has a bunch of success because he's the guy making everything happen in the middle of the floor. So,
2: yeah. Interesting. All right. I, I have, before I let you guys go, I have, I have one question for each of you that I want each of you to answer, which is, if John Paxson did not fire himself last season, who would be on the roster today, and what would the Bulls' record be? So you can you can get creative with this if you want. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what does the Bulls' roster look like today
3: if John Paxson doesn't fire himself? And who's the coach? Yeah, great mm-hmm. questions all around. <laughs> I'm gonna say, I don't know. I'm saying he's going back to the Skiles. Well, so Scott Skiles, head coach. Oh my I'm god. <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> Uh, in, you know, marketing potential still on the team. There's no way Paxton would have been smart enough to pull off all these signing trades or connected enough, right? Like, yeah, never did that. So, yeah, I, I mean, mean, would he like, have
0: made uh, the boots trade? Probably
3: no chance, no chance. No chance, right? no chance he makes the Vuch he, trade. he, he probably would have
2: traded or like waived those players to open up cap space to extend, right? Levine. Because he was, he knew he was going to leave in the offseason, or he would have just traded Zach at the beginning. of would season. Levine. He <laughs> traded
3: Levine. would have traded Levine because Valentine's he had never impacted winning. He wasn't good enough to be the best player in a championship team. <laughs> Actually, you know, it wouldn't surprise like, me. Yeah,
0: that's probably what it is. They I, they probably would try to if he didn't fire himself. They probably rebuild again. They try to like buy time with another rebuild, and they just trade Zach. That it's probably like my best guess. And so, who knows who the heck would be on the team no, now? And no. you'd have some. Maybe they would and they would maybe Boylan would still be the coach, which just to try to coach through a
3: rebuild, which would be absurd. Uh, Felicio <laughs> Valentine, is it Valentine Denzel Valentine. Valentine. Yeah, you have Denzel Valentine Valentine's backboard back guard, Lowry <laughs> at the four. I would <laughs> say though, like uh, just them trying, even if like part of like there's gonna be frustrating aspects of the team, it's not expected to be a championship level team. But to just like, I'm going from the crap to championship level in one season. I'm just so willing to give them the benefit of the doubt on this because I'm so happy. This is what I always want, right? Mm -hmm. And the previous rebuild was absolutely going nowhere. They had to make a significant change. So I kind of feel like this year is just like found money. Like the Bulls are going to be fun. Yeah, they're going to be in a really tough stretch right now. Yes, they lost two winnable games. Absolutely right here and really they should have lost to the Celtics they were playing terrible throughout that game until the huge comeback uh, so I, I don't know I, I'm just so happy with the direction they went that I th- I do feel like generally as a fan I'm more willing to be forgiving for this current team just because of the way they went about building it than uh, I was in the past which really seemed like in you know an elevator nowhere pretty much
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> couldn't agree more I, I I will say the the one thing I'm sure of if Paxton was still here, they would have maxed out their cash considerations this year. <laughs> In you know it
0: absolutely. Especially if they're actually rebuilding, but well, when they did start the rebuild, that's when they traded Jordan Bell for cash considerations, and that's like how how we started the our anti-rebuild rebuild. Move. yeah, right, yeah.
1: Trade also,
0: draft picks for cash considerations when you're starting a rebuild,
1: I <laughs> also wonder who like they would have drafted, like Joshua Primo. Like, like <laughs> I don't know. Like that would have been funny to see who they would have drafted as well. Maybe they would have taken know. Halliburton. Uh, so yeah, oh. I said, mean, yeah, Halliburton. Actually,
0: probably that was or Obi yeah. or Danny. Who true,
1: oh, true. Okay. Yeah.
0: Halliburton true. is is Ames Mafia. There's no right? way they take Pat. No way. They yeah,
3: away.
0: Halliburton no. was Iowa State, right? Yeah, yeah. Ames Mafia. Yeah. Yes, so that actually would have that actually would have worked player. out all right. <laughs> that's, that's the That's true. One-
2: I'd always said the time is the, the one time that they probably should have taken an Iowa State player is the time that they didn't. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, just just jokes here because I love Pat. but
1: uh, yeah, it was really hey, funny. He's good. Halliburton's good. Halliburton is,
0: is very good. Yeah. Yes, he is. Ricky, and you weren't you weren't sold on Halliburton, right?
3: No, no, yeah. he's been awesome. Yeah, I think he's that been... uh, you know, like when I looked when I was evaluating him as a guard prospect, I saw a lot of the flaws you see in like Lonzo Ball. Yeah, where he, he doesn't he didn't get to the rim, really break yeah. down the opposing defense, yes. attack the rim, get to the foul line. But he found another guard who's a high level. Yeah, and yes. Aaron Fox sort of allowed him to slot into his most comfortable possible role. But Halliburton's been awesome. I mean, nothing but respect to him yeah. uh, for maximizing himself. And really, like, you know, there's like a certain community of basketball analysts that, like, I feel like they really don't like DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. <laughs> his style is an affront to how the game <laughs> should be played. I look at it like this guy's got significant flaws for the modern era, but he's still pretty good. Still like still very good. Power. I feel the same way about Lonzo in a sense too. Yep. Like he's flawed inherently in a way that should really bring him down. Yeah, but all those guys have like become pretty good players despite having significant flaws in their game. So respect him more instead of hating.
2: Absolutely. Well, and, and as you mentioned. The fit is so important, right? If you're going to have Damar on your team, you need a guy like Zach. You need a guy like Vooch to help space the floor. You need, if you're going to have Lonzo, who's not going to get to the free throw line, who's not going to break down the defense, you got to have guys that can do that and and that can play off ball. And as you, met, you mentioned, Damar and Lonzo have have both overcome their kind of natural weaknesses for what they're required to do and have become really productive, good NBA players. And that that's what I wish we could tell the Lonzo stands. I'm a Lonzo stand. I like Lonzo. (laughs) I think he's a great player. I think he fits really well on the bulls. And I think the, the bulls are this Island of misfit toys right now that all actually fit together really well offensively. I really do. I really think that they, they do. If they could just a
0: ton of room for improvement. Yes. So much better.
2: That's the thing is I, and I mentioned that a little bit earlier is mentioning how everyone was overstretched last year. We have the talent. We have the talent. I think we've got a coach who is proven in all of his stops. Has proven to be good at putting guys in positions to succeed within their roles, within their skill sets. I think they can do better. I think they can do more. And I think we'll see it. I think we'll see it over the next couple of months. I think we'll see them um, optimize those things, you know, over time. But I agree. I, yeah. I, much, but there
0: are good times ahead. Like obviously, tonight yeah. sucked. The last couple of them have been brutal. The next couple of weeks could could be rough. Uh, don't want to get too down. As annoying as tonight's game was, and I know a lot of people are freaking out, and I and i my some of my tweets are freaking out too. But like, <laughs> I think they'll be all right. They they have so much room for improvement. Uh, and I think they'll definitely be better. We knew it was going to take some time. I feel like we, I mean, we warned about it that it was going to take some time. And doing it doing this against the schedule is tough. Losing games like this is tough. They'll be all right. I think. <laughs>
1: You I'm kind of
0: confident about that.
1: Kind of excited to see how they, how these guys, either step up or 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 take a back seat to some of these uh, star matchups. You know, because you know when you like, for instance, like when Derek was here, like you knew when we if we were playing like a Russell, Russell Westbrook, or if we were playing like a Darren Williams, Chris Paul, right, you no. knew, yeah, you knew Derek was coming to play ball. And I, I want to see how that is with yeah. us, like, th- this squad. I want to see if, like, we got Kevin Durant, James Harden. Like, I want to see if these guys step up and, like, another test, man. Yeah, yeah. Clippers, you, lose these,
0: you, lose this, you lose these two games. You lose this game tonight, like, Monday with the Nets coming in. Like, they they, they need to be – the energy just needs to be there to start at least. Like, yeah. Oh, I mean, they, yeah. They, they came out so flat today. It was just so frustrating, I feel like. Yep. Uh, that they, first quarter – at the end it of it, like, it was just sleep- be a, bad it was game. a sleepy first quarter. <laughs> it was just like whatever. It just they could have come out and like beat their ass in this first quarter. and They did not. It would be nice yeah. to at least come out and play and just bring it. Even if the net, whatever. Obviously, if the nets, if KD and Harden go off, it happens. But like at least bring
3: it and at least compete for the entire game from the start. We need to the see. Nets that. are in a back to back in Toronto Sunday. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Great opportunity. We Got the opportunity yeah. to try to gas them early in that yeah. game try to catch him off guard. Yeah, like you don't want to let Kevin Durant get settled into the game, right? You need mm-hmm. to come oh. out strong in that <laughs> game. You cannot guard him. There's
1: no, no. guarding Kevin Durant. Uh, <laughs>
3: oh, yeah, the Bulls have no one good to throw at him.
1: Gosh, man, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. <laughs> Who's going to
3: guard him? Derrick Jones.
1: Yeah, he might. Yeah. Probably yeah. Probably. I mean, I guess Lonzo. <laughs>
3: the answer is always Lonzo, right? He He's like, you know, awesome you know? dynamic big man. It's like, Lonzo?
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's the problem man we can't have that
3: going on anymore but
1: <laughs> tyler cook well, maybe bring him off the bench <sighs> <laughs> lots, lots, of exci-
2: lots of exciting times ahead I, I for the first time in a long time i really care about the bulls and that's where the losses sting yeah because you're like
0: living and dying every, by every yeah.
2: game every game you're like they can beat this team like that's how i go into this, these games like they can beat this team they have enough talent so but i have to remember that a hey, if this team goes like Fifty and thirty-two, let's say. That means they're gonna lose thirty-two games. Like I gotta I gotta remind 50 myself. Wins about. Would be in-
0: absolutely incredible. And, I mean yeah, it'd be amazing. Yeah. Season, absolutely incredible, right? Oh, yeah. If
2: they won fifty games, that's what you predicted. I know on your, your podcast, Jason. You're like, wait a minute, and that's the homework. I, pred- I do to really think like, that.
0: It just kind of <laughs> came to that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: See, I'm just saying you went through the schedule and you're like, Oh, this is a win, this is a loss. You're like, Oh man, I got fifty wins in here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, oh, yeah, I remember I, that. I remember I, I revised
0: yeah. that down once uh, I realized that's what happened, but
2: yeah. But you know, there's, there's there's good times and bad times ahead. But if if they can be over 500 and be a playoff team, I mean, goals reached for the season, and I, well, it's just a fun season. So yeah. uh, before before I let you guys go, for for some reason, you guys are living under a rock and you don't know what cash considerations is, or you don't know you don't follow Ricky and Jason. Uh, do yourself a favor and do so. So I want to leave you guys uh, to, to pimp your work for a second. So so Jason, we'll start with you. Tell people where they can find you and your work.
0: Uh, let's see. Twitter, at Bulls underscore J. Uh, Bull stuff, SB Nation, Bloggable, Forbes, Cash Considerations, Caggables podcast, shout out to Blue Wire Network, uh, and then Clutch Points as well. Ricky, all you.
3: Yeah, I'm at SB Nation. Listen to Jason and I talk about the Bulls, the Cash Considerations. So many good Bulls podcasts these days. You guys are killing it. so are. Uh, so... Anyone who is listening to Cash Considerations, we appreciate it. Come check it out if you want to. And otherwise, all my works at SB Nation. I'm doing a lot of editing these days, but I'm also just like writing random stories too. So uh, come check it out if you want to.
1: I'm always interested in, in Ricky's like insight on prospects, man. So I I I, I can't wait. I, are you going to be doing some for an upcoming draft? Or of course, yeah, I already I did wait, uh,
3: I did a preseason mock draft. So which is basically just a big board. You know, you type it, people (laughs) search for, but I didn't put any teams on there. So I did a preseason board, and we're uh, gonna have
1: to see where you got Jaden Ivy.
3: Yeah, I think I had Ivy around fifteen. Okay, maybe I'd I'd have to check it again. It's been a while since I did it, but should be. uh, It's gonna be an interesting year for the draft too. So maybe yeah, might have two first round picks. Might have zero first round picks. (laughs) We'll see.
2: The Bulls (laughs) might get canceled as an organization. We'll see what happens. Uh, well you you the, guys, so they'll much go into the
0: cancel culture casket with Aaron Rodgers. That's right. That, a new podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah, Cancel Culture Bulls. So we'll appreciate you guys coming on. It's it's been a long time coming. We uh, finally got you guys on, on a weekend if you're not busy and you know yeah. party animals and everything. So got We're you so drinking beer at home here. instead <laughs> for a few hours. And uh, so thank you guys so much. Yeah, the bulls community is so amazing. Uh when we started our podcast last year, it was nothing but but I don't know, uh, people are just so collaborative and, and welcoming. So no. we're really appreciative of you guys and, and everyone else in, in Bulls Nation that's been uh, really welcoming. And obviously, I've been around, we've been around for a long time, but I haven't had much of like an online presence before. So it's been really cool. So uh, yeah, check out Cash Considerations, follow uh, Ricky and Jason's work. And uh, thanks for listening to Bulls 101. Thanks for watching. Thanks for subscribing to Borrow Network. Borrow Network, shout out to you guys for. Uh, hosting us, it's been really cool. Uh, Laro, any parting thoughts before we head out here? Any 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 optimism? I know, like y- you got to be my anchor here. <laughs> any optimism for this coming week?
1: Um I would just say a, a word uh, that I love to use when I'm 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 feeling a little down or or something's getting at me. Wusa, you know, like you just you just gotta. Just gotta let it go, you know, write down notes, you know. Okay, that needs to get better, that needs to get better. And then going forward, let's see what it see if it does, you know. And uh we got a good team, man. That's what we can't forget. There is it's a good team, right? It's it's a it's a fun team to watch. Um, yes, they get off the slow starts, but it's still a fun team to watch. You got Lonzo on a break throwing oops off the backboard. You got you know, you got guys getting in the in passing lanes and, and trying to get to the fast break buckets. You got Zach who can knock down crazy shots. You got DDR getting into the mid range, doing his doing his silky smooth stuff. And uh, pretty soon Vooch will be back around, and 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 we'll we'll be all happy as a as a family. So no, let's just let's just stay around and and and, uh, and appreciate this this team we 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 have. So yeah, a real team
2: and a living breathing general manager. Have <laughs> two things you haven't had in a whole long time. So there it is. Thank you guys. All right, we will see you guys. Next week, if I can find the button to shut this thing down.